Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Okay, well, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 39 of Bitcoin Roundtable. Vince here. I am here with Darren, and we have a very special guest from Blockchain Shift. His name is Alexander Lapontaine. Good morning, Alexander. How are you today? I'm great, sir. Thank you. Fantastic. Do you mind if we call you Alex? Alex is easier. Alex is easier. Fantastic. Can you maybe just explain a little bit about um, Blockchain Shift and talk a little bit about your upcoming event that you have in Miami in October? Sure. So, hosting conferences and throwing up massive DJ parties is not really my main business. And we don't consider uh, Blockchain Shift as a business. For us, it's more of a... uh, more of a non-profit, more of a contribution to our community here in Miami, Florida. I'm also managing partner of uh, Park Capital. That's a company that's created or acquiring software companies in the financial services space. Build companies from scratch and finance them until the MVP is done and until the first clients are alive. Where we acquire legacy software companies in the U.S. with an existing client base of uh, banks or credit unions and upgrade the software and then scale the companies. So. Uh, we were working on on a token raise, let's say, on an ICO for one of our portfolio companies called Wish. Okay. Wish with a Y. And the website is wish.ai. W-O-Y-S-H. Yes. So why it's important? Because we spend almost a year and hundreds of thousands of dollars figuring out a compliant way uh, how to do an ICO, being a U.S. company, addressing the U.S. market, and being... Uh, a U.S.-based team of people. So obviously, dealing with public companies and uh, banks, you know, both regulated entities, we wanted to stay super compliant. And we sponsored a number of conferences, including Consensus and uh, Crypto Invest Summit. I was on stage. So on one side, our journey was lawyers, advisors, biggest names in the industry. And uh, how do we do it in a compliant way? Because most of those ICOs out there, according to U.S. laws, most of them are fraudulent. Right, right. The the SEC considers an unregistered issuance of securities is a federal considers considering it as a federal crime. And because most of those companies use the, the the proceeds from the ICO to fund the business, have been selling it to investors who expect a profit. There was no utility on day one, although they were claiming that there was a utility tokens. And then plus, you know, all sorts of illegal market making and inside the trading that happens afterwards. So most of those ICOs are, even if there is no malicious intent, most of them are fraudulent. And while we were working on this, for me, uh, there were two things. Number one, nobody, none of those conferences were really comfortable for the sponsors of the entities. Uh, you had lines to pick up the badge, no real places to network, no real service in terms of appointment setting for you or the investors, no style, you know, the, the, the networking events were a little bit messy and uh, on, on one of the conferences people had to wait two hours to get up to the rooftop. Mostly guys, which is weird when you have 4,000 guys just talking about blockchain at a networking event. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, I'm pescatarian, so, you know, allergic to sulfide. So all the food, you know, the stale sandwiches and all the food that they give there, 
I wasn't able, even able to eat. So I thought when you pay a certain fee, especially I mean when, you, when you're a sponsor or you, you pay thousands of dollars for attending a conference, right. you would expect some kind of a different treatment or some kind of a different approach, right, on one side. On the other side, all those conferences, you know, you see those, those guys talking on stage about their ICO, uh, white paper, no product, no real understanding how to conduct the business, and I, uh, you know, I raised more than more than a hundred million dollars from my from different businesses over the course of my life. I used to be a banker, and I here in the U.S. I created a, uh, the first cloud-based uh, core banking platform, uh, basically a, a, a cloud-based bank in a box for community banks and trade unions, and it's called Nimbus. And I raised more than forty million dollars for the company for zero, and. Uh, from VCs and from banks and from uh, with uh, uh, multi-billion dollar pipeline acquired a few legacy companies. So it's a big success and a few years ago I left in order to focus on uh, uh, Park Capital and building other companies in the fintech and you know retail banking technology space. Yes. So I know a few things on you know about how to scale a business, a technology business. All of those conferences were about ICOs and were about utility tokens. And I felt that something is wrong. And in fact, the market showed us what's wrong. Because all those shit tokens are going down the drain. Because there's no adoption, there's no product, and uh, there's no there's no real business plan. And uh, even we can talk about decentralization, of course, but still, there needs to be some, some kind of a path to adoption, right? Yes. So we decided on, uh, in my journey, I met uh, Dan Bayova, who is a prominent lawyer, ex-SEC and FINRA, and uh, he's a partner in a law firm in New York. They have more than a thousand investment funds as clients, hedge funds, crypto hedge funds, venture funds. And we decided to do this conference together because I'm based in Miami. And uh, we decided to do a conference that is not about ICOs, that is really about the promise of blockchain, uh, uh, the technology that potentially will change the world. And uh, for me, blockchain is really about uh, being a technology that could shift potentially the, uh, the paradigm uh, in the world from centralized archaic structures that keep us in the 20th century to community-driven processes and community-driven ecosystems and businesses that would be much more competitive and that would be much more, that over to offer a much more advanced product to consumers. So for me, blockchain is really about this. At the end, it shows technology, it's just a decentralized database. But what it can do for society cannot be underestimated. Nobody really talks about that. And uh, so we wanted to create a conference that is, that, that, that is addressing this, blockchain, uniting the blockchain world and the institutional world. And a conference that would be educational, not intimidating for somebody comes from the outside. We're even joking internally that it's like blockchain for suits and blockchain for dummies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> a conference that would uh, reunite, you know, like bring the traditional bankers, uh, Wall Street, uh, community banks, with, you know, we have panels on uh, blockchain for art, blockchain for music, blockchain for real estate. And at the same time, we wanted to, kind of to, to create a conference that doesn't suck networking infrastructure, lounges, good food, organic options, and at the same time, 
good parties. So we were throwing uh, two parties, a tropical cocktail on Thursday with different Miami stars. And on, on, on Friday, we do, we do a massive uh, DJ event, uh, 14 hour, 14 hours, two stages, 10 DJs, deep house, superstar <laughs> DJs that we're inviting. To, and we're also opening it to the public. So because we, uh, we don't want it to be kind of exclusive and we want it to be inclusive. And again, 90% of the attendees are, are men. So it's just right. weird to party among <laughs> that sounds great, Alex. It sounds like you're bringing a uh, a party to a uh, something that normally was a little more stuffy and serious. Well, first of all, I don't believe that you know it's it's uh, life should be taken seriously. Definitely, of course, business uh, and you know you should take it seriously. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that it cannot be the you know no fun right in the process of uh, making money. You know, at the same time, well, you need to eat, right? You need to you need to be able to uh, talk to your investors somewhere. You need to be able to uh, you know discuss business with your potential partners, and uh, you need to have spaces for that. So we designed the conference as a combination of an art show and uh, and basically a massive lounge. So every stand has which is a furniture and it's fully furnished. It's not just your usual table with a black cloth and a banner. So it's really a, a, a massive space. It's in Windward, Miami Windward, and it's we have an outside area with food, uh, with gourmet food trucks, with all the gourmet options and organic and sushi and fire pizza. And we have uh, lounges outside. This is Miami, the weather is great. Food and wine experience and inside lounges, bars. And also we have two stages and, you know, we think that people can, people will be able to do business, to learn about blockchain, to educate themselves, people will be able to network and at the same time have fun. Right. During the day, but also during the night, we have a number of events, like I said. Okay. So, so from what I'm understanding, your primary targets for this conference would be large corporate business um, and the financial sectors and basically allowing them to learn more about the potentials of blockchain technology but also in the back end it sounds like you you know possibly the rest of the team that you worked with on uh, wish would be there to also help others for advice and guiding through uh, the proper way to do an ICO that would be SEC compliant or something like yeah, that. Uh, yes, yes, because we learned that. We learned how to do it and we're actually launching the Florida Blockchain, blockchain Foundation with the goal of the, uh, that's a non-profit, and the goal of the non-profit would be uh, to make Florida a, a blockchain hub and also to educate people on uh, how to do a proper ICO, and we work on basically on a whole new curriculum of education that will prepare people for the shift. Because I think in 15 years there will be there will be much less jobs, right? Yes. So, so people are not learning the right things today. I mean, people. I mean, including children. I have I have three children, so uh, what they learn in school is completely obsolete. That's that's a that's a curriculum that was you know 70 years ago. You don't need to memorize all those things that you can access on your smartphone. Instead of that, they need to learn code, they need to learn business, they need to learn money, they need to learn how to eat, yes. how to feel, how to take care of their body, and uh, how to interact with people, like emotional 
you know, you know, emotional intelligence. Nobody is teaching them all those things, right? And uh, right. Well, you could you could actually argue that that the advent of cell phones and social media, in many ways, um, has taken away or reduced the ability of many people to socialize effectively. <laughs> yes. At the same time, the uh, you know, they need to learn languages. There are many things that are neglected in the current education right. education system. And so for 15 years, people study something that will be completely useless in the, uh, in the future. And, right. uh, well, not completely, but 80% of this. Definitely. I mean, there are many people, of course. And, but, but the hope of getting a $200,000 job 15 to 20 years just because you studied for 15 years in school and college yeah this it's just this will not happen <laughs> yeah well that's that shift is underway already i would argue yeah, you will have to be part of a community part of five communities you will have to contribute to a community and you will be motivated by some token right yes for me honestly for me bitcoin is like aol and ethereum is like yahoo yeah. the next google is being built right now right and Maybe that's one of my companies, hopefully. But the, but the conference is not only about kind of educating bankers, it's also about, uh, we, we definitely have many startups, you know, blockchain architect startups, but with a real use case, with a real product, with a real business plan, we're not allowing any people that we judge could be potentially, you know, fraudulent, or we're not allowing them to pitch on stage. Right. We have a pitch competition, but the, the idea is that we're bridging the gap between traditional investors. But not only we have people from, you know, we have crypto investors as well. Stage. We have people from Pantera Capital and Tetris Capital. We have many big names from the blockchain world. But the idea is to bridge the gap between the traditional finance world, kind of crypto investors, and, and also help startups, uh, you know, fund their businesses. Uh, that, that goes without saying. But we want those startups to be compliant. Yes. And we want them to actually understand that business is business. You cannot just launch a token and then list it on some crypto exchanges and then start this illegal market making. And then, you know, that's basically pumping down. Right. Right. Okay. Uh... You know what? We will, we will announce next week. You will like it. So next week we will announce something. We will offer to uh, people who did an ICO last year uh, and raised, let's say, $20 million. We will offer to them half an hour on stage at Blockchain Shift for free. We can even pay for their trip if they have spent all the money already. <laughs> and uh, we will offer to them to come on stage with their team and do a textile report on what happened in the 12 months after they raised $20 million. $20 million is a massive amount for any startup. Yes. So they need to explain where did the money go, what about the product, show us the team, do any advisors remember you still, how is how is the adoption plan going? Yes. What did you do other than listing the token and paying some people to do inside the trading? Right. And to, to, to sell the token among 10, 10, 10 wallets to show some trading volume data. Yeah, yeah. Right? So uh, we'll see how many people will respond. Hmm. But, we'll, uh, but we'll make it public and we'll say, guys, well, if you raise $15 million or even 20 even 10 I'm on stage and talk to your, I understand your utility tokens. You cannot call them investors. 
call them token holders. Right. Mm-hmm. Talk to your token holders. What did you do? What did you do with the funds? Did you spend them according to the white paper? <laughs> or did you buy a laptop? <laughs> and now you're flying in private jets and that's all you're doing. You'll probably get a couple takers, but I bet you won't get too many. That's for sure. Well, technically, if that's a legit company and, uh, and they really know what they're doing, technically they're... They should have no problem doing it, yeah. The value of their token should go up immediately because we have CNBC crypto trader there, we have Bloomberg, we have, I think, about 35 different media outlets at the conference. If you go on stage and you, you explain what has been done with the money, you technically you show the world that, you know, all those guys who did ICOs in 2017, not all of them are kind of, you know, pump and dump schemes. But a lot if, nobody, if nobody shows up, but this would just say that okay first wave you should not give 50 million dollars to a bunch of 20 year olds mm-hmm. I mean I'm 44 yeah. so because usually what happens is that without proper advice and all those advices in the ICO space they were just taking a cut which is mostly illegal by the way because they're not registered rep of BD, you know, a BD firm yeah. broker dealer firm and technically like I said it's considered to be securities by the ACC Many of them are under investigation now. But those advisors were not helpful because their motivation was get the tokens, wait until it's listed, pump up the the rate, and then sell it. That's right. right. So those guys were left without advice. So of course, then you hire 400,000 a year coders, and you don't know what to do. You're not able to deal with, uh, with the Apple App Store because the Apple App Store wouldn't, wouldn't list your app for a number of compliance reasons and then you just end up burning all the money and then uh, the end of it is uh, a bunch of investors not investors token holders sorry trading the token on Binance well it sounds like uh, be interesting to hear how many people are on the up and up and actually take advantage of you know the speaking time you're willing to give I'm, I, I'm, I'm very curious as well we're happy to give five six speaking slots to companies like that okay we're we're interested in uh you know, and actually... You want to get to the nitty-gritty. We, we, want, we want to see that. And I understand what's happening in the market now. It's very interesting. You see companies that have some hope of adoption or some, you know, that are legitimate companies, the value of the token goes up. At the same time, all the others, they're slowly going down to, uh, to zero. Yeah. Which is logical, right? People are trying to get rid of those tokens that you know, don't represent any, anything. But... Change the subject. I'm, uh, I'm curious, um, because you're based in Miami, and I noticed, uh, I think the mayor of Miami is one of the speakers at your conference, and I believe uh, another mayor and... Yes, mayor of Coral Gables. Yeah we're, yeah, we're hoping to invite also the mayor of Miami Beach. We have the lieutenant governor of Florida. Oh, we have right. elections now in Florida for the new governor, so maybe maybe we'll have some uh, one, of, one of both candidates for governor at all. So, uh, I'm curious uh, about your opinion of the political climate towards blockchain technology, specifically to to Florida, perhaps, or even to Miami. I hear a bit about New York in the past, but I haven't heard much on Florida. Within the foundation that will be announced probably next week, Florida Blockchain Foundation that we're launching, we're working with the legislators and the regulators in the state on a set of laws and regulations and incentives, including tax incentives for blockchain 
related businesses. And we had the first meeting of the, of the legislative committee a few months ago. Now uh, getting ready to present the package in, in Tallahassee. And uh, that's one of the goals. Make sure that, you know, there is no bit license in Florida like, like in New York. And uh, to make sure that, you know, the legislators and regulators and the government understands how this technology could create, you know, millions of jobs in uh, Florida and in Miami and the official capital of Florida. I can explain why, if you're interested. I, uh, I think that uh, Miami has the potential to become kind of a Singapore of the Americas. On one side, it's the bridge between the Latin America and North America. Yes. On the other side, many people, many smart people are already moving here from San Francisco and from New York, from other tech hubs. Many people are moving to the U.S. And many people choose Miami. Why Miami? Because, the, first of all, there's no state income tax. The taxes are among the lowest in the in the United States. And uh, compared to New York, you save in more San Francisco, Silicon Valley, you save 13%. Really? Yeah, I mean that's that's a massive percentage right there, right? So number number two, the weather is amazing. Yeah. Number three, women are great. <laughs> and, and it's very multicultural, right? So you right. have Latin America, Europe, U.S. big Israeli community. It's a great kind of uh, you know international environment. Plus, for many years, Miami was known for entertainment and creative tours. And the cost of living here is two times lower than New York or San Francisco. And at the same time, really no traffic to New York. And a great airport will have, you can fly directly to anywhere. How you can get to the airport in 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and that's amazing. It's nowhere else in the world you have that. I mean, it's New York, you fly international, it's two hours, okay, to JFK, or one and a half, okay. I know many people who prefer to earn less, but to live in Miami, that but making more and living in New York. So at the, at the end, the disposable income is the same because you pay taxes and you pay more for your lifestyle, right? That's and, right. And it's miserable. It's traffic, weather, all these, all those factors kind of make it really difficult. You know, in Miami, you have great schools. So now you have, uh, you have people who are able to run businesses remotely and who are able to fundraise remotely. Thanks to also to the blockchain, we're able to do security tokens, issue digitized securities in compliance with the SEC regulations. People who don't need to be next to PCs in Silicon Valley or people who don't need to be next to Wall Street, they're moving to Miami. It happens naturally. Right. We want to make sure that the, uh, the government officials and the politicians understand that. That it's a historical chance for Miami and for Florida to become something more than, you know, a bunch of sweaty people dancing on the beach or, you know, or retirement communities like, or something more than, you know, the Monaco for Latin America. So it's happening. It's a, it's a young and vibrant tech community. Many people in the blockchain, people move here. That's why we we are very optimistic about the future of Miami as a tech hub. That that sounds great. Miami's definitely a very vibrant city. I uh, spent a little bit of time there in the I guess it was the late 1990s. Oh gosh, that was forever ago. Yeah, but you know, it's still it's still got to see how cool Miami was. Like you said, who doesn't love the sun? Exactly, but also you get the sun and the water. You know, it's like it so feels so nice to wake up with it. You know seeing the water and the blue sky it's, it's just nice you know and uh, it makes you more happy vitamin d yeah but the uh 
But the point is, in 20 years, Miami has changed a lot. We have about 70 high-rises being built right now, just right here. Even compared to five years ago, Miami has changed. So you really please come to visit us at the conference, where we'll be happy to invite you, and uh, you, you really need to see it. Well, of course, you, you will still remember South Beach, but it's much cleaner. The buildings are restored. You cannot compare it to what Miami was 20 years ago, although I agree it was still nice. Yeah. But now, it's day and night. It's becoming a major contender. Whole, whole districts of the city that didn't exist before, or they were like kind of, you know, right down. Now you have uh, new high rises uh, on the bay and, uh, you know, parks. And right, right, right. Okay, so once again, for all of our listeners, you are Blockchain Shift, and you're having a big conference on October 11th and 12th, 2018, at yes. the MANA Conference Center in Wynwood, Miami. Yes. Fantastic. Alex, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with uh, before we sign off? Uh, no, I just wanted to say that uh, if we're offering our DJ party, we're, we're offering for the public to join, and it's called the Night Shift. And we will be announcing the lineup this week, I hope. But we have names like Art Department, like Tubenberger, like Superlover, Minier Van Helden. We have amazing DJs, 10 DJs, all sexy, vocal, deep house. Miami hasn't seen anything like that yet. And obviously it's free for the attendees, but it's also open to the public. So please join. Fantastic, Alex. That sounds great. We'd like to thank you once again for coming on our show, Bitcoin Roundtable, and we hope your convention and your party is a big success. We hope so, too. That we, we're applying a lot of effort towards that. It takes a lot of time from my actual business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Well, When's the event at? The event is on October 11th and 12th. Okay. Yes, blockchainshift.io. Go on, everybody. Check out the website. Um, see what events are coming to the Miami party. And if you're interested, get on a plane and get to Miami. <laughs> yeah, we hope that this will become the start of the Miami Blockchain Week because there are already many events happening around our conference. And we hope that next year we'll be able to convince many other conferences to just do their events or at the same time or within Blockchain Shift. It doesn't make sense to have hundreds of those. No. Well, it sounds like you're taking a pretty good stab at, uh, you know, doing it right and getting it done, and uh, hopefully it'll be one of many to come. We hope so, too. We hope so, too. Thank you, Alex. Have yourself a great day, sir. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.